1: You know what I did, Daryl? What did you do, TK? Well, I sent our guest that thoughtful email to say, hey, guess what? We'll bring you in a few minutes late. But I said 11.05 or 11.10, thinking we were starting at 11. Mm. And it starts at 10.30. So I just emailed him
2: Maybe he's like most agents and he only paid attention to the parts that he wanted to pay attention to. The subject of the
1: email. (laughs)
2: Did you see the article see in the uh, Toronto star? You got like the editor in chief writing a a, 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 a piece saying like how shocked he was at how the real estate market is. Like he tried to buy a house himself and he's all shocked at how tough it is to buy a house in Toronto. Yeah. And I'm like, well, have you read like even any of the headlines in your own newspaper? Like yeah. how can you be surprised by this? Well, yeah. What a wonderful segue into TK. What the hell's going on out there? Oh I'm hoping man. that our
1: guests, I'm hoping that our guest today has got it figured out, right? Because there is so much. Like I'm looking at, you know, the Vancouver market slipping. I'm hearing that, you know, things are starting to, to crack over in the Calgary markets. I know that the new Brunswick market is is not oh, as hot weird. as it once was.
2: I thought I heard that Calgary was like booming right now.
1: It's booming, but there's still a lot more inventory coming up than it was a month ago, right? So then they're now starting to see like this little like, oh, wow, you know, there's more houses for sale. It's not just the scarce, uh, you know, undersupply like they had before. Um, Quebec, Quebec is starting to, to show signs of, uh, of a slowdown big time, right? Some of the numbers there were coming back, like prices were coming down from January and then, you know, good old Toronto, right? We know exactly what's going on there.
2: Here in Toronto, that I wanted to put up. I was going to wait, but while we're talking about it,
1: the Tro- Toronto media dominates the scene.
2: Our buddy here, Jordan Skrinko, put up some statistics from, I guess, the peak in February, which is what everybody's interested in, to, mm-hmm. I guess, a couple of days ago, or maybe it was yesterday in April. And prices are off. Prices are coming off. There's no <laughs> doubt about <laughs> that.
1: Oh my God it's 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 gonna be just like nineteen ninety bro <laughs> it's gonna be like the end of the world, man, and then I'm gonna
2: swoop ah! in and I'm gonna steal all your houses man it's gonna
1: be it's gonna be like everyone's gonna be just like giving away their houses for half the price that they were getting before you're gonna oh have to man,
2: because there's gonna be carnage and blood in the streets oh, and no. everything's coming to an end. We've been accused of being um pumpers,
1: pumpers? we're very
2: we're very bullish and that we're pumping the real estate market ah. and i mean obviously we have that power we're extraordinarily clearly.
1: influential fellows clearly I, I i know that people come here just to decide on what decision they're going to make do they go in twenty thousand over asking or a hundred thousand over asking what what do daryl and tk think but
2: but here's the thing so i'm I'm a very sensitive guy. And when somebody says something like this, I have to go back and check the videos we have. We have actual recordings here to prove what we've been talking about. I don't I, I remember very specifically many times being like uh, TK. Mm-hmm. I feel scared, like I'm nervous about this market. Something's going on. Right. Right. Yep. A- and the evidence and was not about there. It. No, but the evidence wasn't even there. I mean, we talked about Evergrande like 6 7 months ago. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember saying like is this going to be like like the Lehman Brothers moment? Like this is like this is this major is, stuff.
1: This is the That's only a thing tipping I know point, for sure. Man. There's a, there's only one thing that I know for sure. Nothing lasts forever. That is 100% true. Okay. Well, I can guarantee everyone's going to have their theories about what's going to happen next. Everyone's going to have their theories on where we're going and what we're heading into right now. Okay. But yes, eventually it will be a buyer's market in Toronto, in Canada, in Quebec, in anywhere. This is what happens. Markets change.
2: How long is it going to last? How long is it going to last? That's the things
1: that nobody really knows. And if you look at long-term real estate, if you look at where things are going and why you're buying, and if anybody's ever bought a property because they thought that they were going to flip it three months later for more because the market was going up, I, I can't help you. Okay. I don't know why you did that. I don't know what book you read it in. I don't know where, because I've heard from all the experts and all the realtors who actually care about their clients. Nobody gives that advice. So why did you do it? Right? Nobody's out there
2: saying buy this thing and flip it in a few months for a couple hundred grand more.
1: I I see evidence. A reputable reputable person? No. Somebody who actually understands.
2: How can you have 70,000 reputable realtors floating around we don't
1: don't. but we had Skrinko look we had Skrinko on who's a pre-con guy when I asked him all the tough questions about how he's pitching this to people and what their expectations are and he's very clear with them about what their expectations should be on the assignment on closing on all those type of things I know how I talk to any investor I definitely know how I talk to uh, end users end users should be the easiest person ever to talk to do you plan on moving again in the next year or two? Because if you do, most likely over the last 25 years, you lose money because of all the taxes and fees. So like, this is not an investment if you plan on moving one or two years from now. But if you're like five, 10 years, so far over the last hundred years of data, you're going to be okay, right? So like, that's the right advice, right? But anyways, let's pump well, I the think shit the, out of it, Daryl.
2: Well, but I think the point is, is right? that I don't think we're pumpers. I think we're positive. We're definitely... We definitely both have a vested interest in the market. Well, actually, do we both have a, a vested interest in the market going
1: up? I mean, I, I work on both sides and I and I and I help people do both things. So, yeah, sure. It's nice to have a stable market. I hated the market in January, February and March. I hated it. What about it's the annoying. year before that? I hated 2017 the way it was. Those markets were actually, in comparison, more stable. Our Guest should be on soon, by the way. Yeah, um, he's
2: here, he's waiting. I'm just yeah, a couple uh, more minutes. And and so, like here. this week, riffing. this week, I
1: sold a this week I sold a property, and it was yes. in Scarborough, and it was the yes. property that we talked about before. And it was yes, properties again. This is how inconsistent things are. I listed the property for a million dollars. We were gonna list it at 1.1. We changed our strategy because places were out there sitting at a million, and there was one place that was sitting at a million offers anytime. And we said, you know, we can't go on at this higher price point. Even though we were a bungalow, we had a good lot, but no upgrades whatsoever. The prices in February were about one three to one three five, renovated totally. So it would make sense that a million one, a million one fifty in February or March would be a good price for this home. Early March, so what? It, us-
2: what? It makes sense that that would be a good price to start the bidding at, or to sell. No, 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 the no. House Value out.
1: of the property with no upgrades. It went down that 50- much. Fifty years, fifty years. Two hundred thousand dollars. One point one to one point one fifty. there let me finish the story. No, oh, you said it would have sold that, for one point three. No, totally renovated. Oh, Two hundred grand in runners. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's okay. It's okay. okay. So when we listed the property for a million, six other properties came up. One guy undercut us at nine fifty, nine ninety, 990, nine ninety nine. Renovated properties, like six different properties, all in this Kennedy and Lawrence Northwest corner in this Dorset park area. That, that it's, not, it's very like typical type of houses, right? There's very few models and, you know, it's one area. So I was like, damn. So we, we got a good amount of showings. We brought in enough activity. We sold it for a million 51 with two offers. My clients were really happy, you know, like the, the, the last note here. They were happy. How much did you sell it for? a million 51. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So a little bit less than they would have got in February or March, but we got 50 grand more than what everyone else was asking. And there was one sitting on the market for two weeks offers anytime. I wasn't selling. So, you know, they were very happy. Anyway, why, 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 why they were happy. Then the, let's bring on our guest because they never looked up the value of their home for the last 50 years that they've lived in it. They just lived in it. And when it came time to sell a million 50,
2: the- what the fuck is this quick? Quick, Henry, take
1: that! Take it! They accepted the best offer they could, and they were so happy. The price they got, they were through the moon. The fact that they got the closing they want, it was astonishing. It was just like a happy moment for them in the Canadian real estate market.
2: But you mean to tell me that everybody isn't just glued to every single real estate podcast and article on the the planet? The unhappiest
1: people in the world. The unhappiest people in the market are the ones who follow the market too much? That's the ah. I've lived by that for like 10 years, man. Everybody I know who's happy is Far are the ones this. not watching their neighbors' prices. They're Far the ones who buy and when they need to.
2: Miserable T cam. Miserable. I'm telling you. Here we go. Well, <laughs> while we are waiting for our guests to come in, this is the perfect time to subscribe, like, make a comment. Tell us if you like our hair.
1: There hey. he is. Welcome. Zen. Hey
0: guys, how's it going?
2: How are you? Good. good. Welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing yeah, this. Thanks for having yeah. me on, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Story we we checked you out a while back.
1: Yeah, we we checked out. That's okay. But Zen's on the ball. Uh, we checked out you a while back, uh, Zen, when we were first starting, right? And we were always kind of like, you know, that guy knows what he's doing, right? He's got really good thumbnails and you know a lot of views and you've been doing it a long time so you know to me uh you're up there in the in the professional youtuber real estate space so uh we're really happy to have you on
0: yeah i appreciate it man appreciate the kind words you guys are doing pretty well i checked you guys out too you guys Thanks. have come a long way. I'm glad you got to come
2: a long
1: way. We've <laughs>
2: come a long way, baby.
1: Look at us.
2: <laughs> Look at this. We got yeah. almost I, real backgrounds now.
1: I, I think, you know, the path though. Right. And I think, you know, like what it's like, right? Like, you know, you got to start somewhere and you build and you, and you learn and you get better. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know what it is? It's one of those things where like, you have to find a reason to do it. There's a lot of agents out there who are trying to ask me like, hey, how much business do you get from YouTube and how much uh, time do you do it? I'm like, well, I only started this because I don't want to keep saying the same thing to the same clients over and over again. So I'm like, here, just watch this for 10 minutes and then we'll talk afterwards.
1: (laughs) Yep, that makes sense.
2: See, that's a good idea. When did you start this? Here's your channel up on the
0: (laughs) screen. Thanks. Uh, I started in 2017 right? Mm. It's kind of like a joke, but then actually uh, one of my buddies told me to start it and I kind of got the inspiration from him. And then when we did it, it was over time, which is like, oh, you know, let's just send that message for clients to watch over and over again. And then at some point um, I kind of got fed up with all the shenanigans that was at pre-con and I kept have to defend against kind of the philosophy for investing. And then I just continued doing it that way. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should just put out better information out there because there's a lot of bad information out there in terms of real estate.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. If we know no all about kidding. that,
0: <laughs> you know, right.
1: you're, you're at the end of the day, I'll stop, I'll stop, uh, you know, pumping you up here after this, but not only do you make good YouTube videos, cause that's obviously important. We're still working on that, Daryl. That's okay. We're getting better. But well, look you at your step really, behind really, you guys. It's professional. It's that's amazing. Right. We're in a really <laughs> Bay street studio here. TK there. worked very
2: hard on that. I must
1: say <laughs> I did nothing. <laughs> Uh, but your your content's really good. So you're very informative. It's like real world stuff that a good agent should know. But you people haven't cataloged like you have. So I feel like you've got a really good um, catalog of information for your clients or for anybody else just wanting to get information about all everything about real estate. So that's um, I think yeah. it's very valuable. I think that's yeah. the, I think that's actually got value to it. To be honest with you, not just for yeah. your clients' perspective, but just like for your overall business.
0: For sure, man. I appreciate that. Likewise. Well, so, but what's guys. the I answer?
1: How, the not are, not are you
0: getting it. any business from it? Does it help with yeah. the business? It helps. You know what? It Some helps. People with. say, it yeah. Helps with, uh, I would say it helps with uh, authenticity and creating a better relationship to start. So, people aren't kind of questioning, like me as a salesperson, a more like value content driven first, as opposed to kind of like cold calling. So, it helps in that manner.
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. Now, we're, we brought you on today because all the other guests we've had on the show, they don't know what they're talking about. Nobody and I know you knows. are going to tell it. You have got the Canadian real estate market figured out. You know thought, exactly what's about to happen.
2: I thought he was going to have hear. his crystal ball on
0: the desk
1: we in front hear. of We're him. We're
2: confused. So we
0: could see it. My crystal prop ball is just a prop. It's just a prop. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, a post prop.
2: So, so I mean, the big word that's being thrown around these days, let me just throw it up on the screen here. It starts with an R. Uh <laughs> The Fed is tightening, and that usually means recession, no matter what they say. Does anybody even believe them anymore? Have we figured out who they are? We know we don't trust them for sure, but who
0: are they?
2: (laughs) Why are they doing this to us?
0: It's just a bunch of guys with suits in the background controlling propaganda. I mean, it is interesting that you bring this up because I was um, before I was going to chat with you guys, I was putting up Nick's video together talking about kind of the outlook of where I think things are going to go. And then I saw that article. I was like, oh, here we go. Recession. First Q1. I'm like, here we go. I don't know how they're going to increase rates as they're going up into it. Right. So for anyone who's listening or watching, like, a recession is basically two quarters of negative GDP growth. They projected 1.1 increase and now it's minus 1.4. So it's like kind of like two years ago. In the ago, States. Yeah, in the States. In the States. In the States yeah. And then there's like CMH, you say, hey, prices will drop 30%. They swing by 50. So now their projections are wrong. And now it's going to be one of the few times in history that they're hiking rates into a uh, potential recession because we're one quarter in. That means we're halfway through recession. I can't see how we're going to have, well, I mean, there's possibilities, but like the chances of actual recession is probably really high because we haven't felt the effects of like the war out east yet. Right. Like those numbers aren't in yet. So I think we're in for a recession. So it's going to be weird, but it's one of those things where like Canada, everyone thinks, you know, as a person who lives in Toronto, we think we're the center of the world. You know, like you live in Toronto, you're like, you're talking to other people in Canada, like where, right? (laughs) Like, we just think we're the, the, you know, for the i don't want to use that word i don't to swear on this but like you know we think we're the poopoo right or like the shit, we yeah, the shit. I, at this uh point it's just like well Hold on, get it out of your system now shit Piss. i try not to i try Fuck. not to swear i don't right. want to demonetize you guys
1: <laughs> we're not making that much just, yeah, we okay. don't care. it's not yeah. a big loss
0: yeah. <laughs> all right so, so yeah so like if people in front think they're shit like You know, Canada's GDP is the equivalent of like California's. So like we take instructions from the Fed. So if the Feds are going to be, you know, dropping rates at some point, we will probably do as well.
1: Dropping rates. So meaning uh, if the U.S. uh, heads into a recession and they end up raising the rates to the point where their economy starts to contract, Mm -hmm. they're going to have no choice but to either pause on the rate hikes or lower them back down in the future. And that's going to cause... The Canadian government or Bank of Canada to follow suit. That's yeah, it's in a short,
0: kind of. Yeah, I, I would. I would mm-hmm. say so. Like, I don't think we're gonna see rate drops until at least like next year. Like, it's one of those things. It's a confidence game, right? It's like forward guidance. These guys gotta look like they're, you know, trying to fix inflation, right? Mm, and good. like. It's one of those things where, like, if you and I, because we're in real estate, and even Daryl's in real estate, we follow this stuff, right? And a lot of people follow what we talk about. But there's nobody who is working a job and they're having a hard time with like the high food prices and the oil prices and gas prices. They'll be like, "Oh, hey, I'm going to study economics, and understand what the hell is happening, right?" Like, it just you you don't do it, right? So they look at you know the pandering of politicians. They're like, "Hey, we're fighting inflation. You see this GDP growth or you de- decline, right?" They're just really like, "We're trying, we're trying, we're trying," but. When you're, you know, increasing 50 basis points to fight 6% inflation, it's like, you know, putting out a forest fire with a garden hose, like, it looks like you're doing something, but let's be real, it's not. Beautiful. <laughs> doing
1: yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like
0: I, my philosophy on it right now.
2: Yeah, it's like a weather person trying to not only predict the weather, but control the weather too. Like, you got a bunch of economists who really don't know what they're doing, who are running the country, basically, like their fiscal policy, like how many economists get things right enough that they should be in complete control of the country's financing? Mm. Like these guys, it's like a bunch of idiots are running the show here. They have no idea what they're doing. It's a bunch of opinions everybody's using different models. Everybody's using different baskets of goods. And most of the population is is like, okay, yeah, that's
1: okay. I saw saw this sign, this reminds me, I saw this picture on social media this week where it says, I think it was in like England, it was a football club. And they were saying like, you know, the, the perfect player exists. He knows all the plays that the opponents are gonna do. He knows all the moves. He knows when to shoot, who to pass it to, and all that kind of stuff but we can never convince him to put down his chips and his Coke and come down from the stands to do it. Right. And that, <laughs> and that was good. funny because right. exactly how it is is everybody's out there right now. It's like, no, the bank of Canada has got to go here and we've got to go here and you got to follow this. But reality is we don't know what it's like to be in that position to have that major decision. What I found the big disconnect was in that article where it says, Oh, we got it wrong. Right. Like we, they admitted that they had got it wrong. They were like, Oh, well, we didn't know that housing prices were going like, they need to be in the market doing things like a normal person in order to understand, like we are on the ground level. I'm trying to find some articles about Durham region. Cause I got to go see someone this week and the, the market's tanking there. And it's really hard to find that local knowledge, but you know, I know it's happening and any agent on YouTube knows it's happening and any buyer out there or seller out there knows it's happening, but the mainstream doesn't the bank of Canada definitely doesn't. And that's the, that's the disconnect is, is the boots on the ground is just months away from the people making the decision. Yeah.
0: They're always very late to kind of like policy changes. Like, I think there's enough kind of talk about what's happening right now, at least in the real estate industry that we're like, well, uh, the Bank of Canada is going to take, you know, credit for slowing down the real estate market. When in fact, if you're actually, you know, like trading real estate, you would have sensed some kind of slowdown in like the third or fourth week in February. Right. Like all we, I remember there was a listing we had and I'm like, oh, look, there's like one listing in this area every month. And then all of a sudden next week, it was like 10. I was like, what the hell just happened? Right. Yeah. So like anyone who's kind of trading can see it. And when you, my, my whole goal is always to try to mix the kind of like micro, like what I'm seeing right now, plus the macro level like I study. And kind of just provide it as data and allow people to have some critical thinking. Because let's be real, right? like, I mean, the critical thinking is a very missing skill in our world right now. Everyone just reads headlines and like takes it verbatim. So like I have people come up to me and they're like, so the real estate market's going to crash 20%. I'm like, look at that article I read on Twitter. I'm like, um yeah but did you read the article you know at the bottom of it like where they say <laughs> maybe or it's kind of like cmh you trying to pull a rug under us right they're like oh hey like the last um outlook they put out they're like well the prices are at a right now tomorrow it could be a minus one or a plus one and then the next mm-hmm. year it could be a plus one or, or sorry plus two or minus two and i was like what is the point of this then like but then the headline says prices are going to fall 10 percent. i'm
1: like Right. you so said, read the bottom. I thought you were going to say, you know, published by, you know, John Smith recently graduated with a BA from Ryerson, sorry, Toronto Metropolitan University, uh, <laughs> you know, last week. Right? No, but the, it's like it, you know what? No That's so funny experience. that
2: you say that. Here, check this out
1: because this is interesting. And, and OK,
2: so we have 63 percent of Canadian non-owners have given up on ever buying a home. OK, look, look at the guy who wrote the article. He's like 18 years old. Okay, now tell me, who's this guy talking to about this? Are they like like are they all just broke young people that he knows? Is it a real poll like. There's so much bias in the market right now, there's so many opinions, there's no regulation on any of this, how is like we as professionals, professionals in the real estate market, Like there's a pulse, right? We feel what's going on day to day in Toronto. But like Canada as a whole, people in Saskatchewan and in Manitoba, they should be worried about these rate hikes and and all of this stuff going on because there's two cities that need to be cooled in Canada, right? The whole country doesn't need these rate hikes. We're not in an economy that's going so crazy that they need to cool it from east to west. So so when you attack like symptoms in just two parts of the entire country, like what is everybody else gonna be dealing with?
0: Yeah, and that's actually a really good question that it's very hard to explain to a lot of people. Like everyone thinks interest rates are mainly the driver of real estate and when they all they care about is real estate, but they don't understand there's a lot of like corporate debt out there too, right? So when you raise interest rates, it affects the people who don't have assets the most trying to get in. They get hurt the most. Kind of like um you're a builder, right? So when rates go up, like your cost increases massively. And then when you also look at the way that you know you take your materials for a building, when our rates go up, then our cost actually goes up along with it, too, right? So like everyone's too concerned about this whole like uh symptom, but then they don't look at the underlying problem, which is just I mean, for lack of a better term, we have a bunch of idiots, you know, running the asylum right now. But if you really think about it, the problem is the money. There's too much money that's being kind of fabricated to buy things, right? And I try to explain this to a lot of people. Like everyone who's trying to buy something, like, do you know where the money comes from when you go get a mortgage? Like when I grew up, it was like, you know like the bugs money show you open the little vault at the back and there's like a bunch of cash and people think that's where money comes from when you get a mortgage but it just gets created out of thin air like bam and it goes into the lawyer's account for the seller like money is just constantly created out of thin air through like fractional reserve lending right so it's just one of those things where when you try to explain to people and kind of have them think critically They're like, hmm, I understand it. But at the same time, I'm just trying to buy a house and you're talking way too much about the money problem. And I don't understand why that prices are going up. So when you like peel back the onion layers, like you can get the answer, but no one's going to listen to kind of understand and try to give you the right answer because it's too complicated. No one has enough time for it. The attention span is too short.
2: It's too complicated. And you know what? don't want to hear it. That's and it. they don't want to hear, hear it. it. No, but yeah. it's it's made confusing so people avoid hearing it because they don't know. If you, if you peel back the layers, like what we're doing, there's nothing so complicated. If you eliminate all the legal mumbo jumbo from all this crap, it's very easy. It's like trading a cow for another cow or a cow for a bale of whatever. Like, it's just another transaction. It's no trickier than buying a piece of gum. But they've made it so tricky so that, I don't know, people have reasons for being, I guess,
1: like... Politicians don't recognize it.
2: Well, I mean, how can they recognize it? They're the
1: problem. They don't understand it, so they can't regulate it, right? The banks are smart. Right. But they,
0: they even just think about this very simple way, like why it needs to be so complicated. Right? I, I agree with Daryl. Like, do we really need to call it quantitative easing? Like, what the hell is that the if you don't understand what it is?
1: Yeah. Like, could <laughs> even if say, you like, understand
0: like, what it is, like, exactly yeah. right. So it, it's, I think yeah. it's made to look that way for a reason, right? That, like, the smart yeah. people need
1: to sound Acc- like Accelerated smart. bond buying. I've, yeah, I've, well, I've, I've, I, people that would be better sound
2: so smart now. That's what I was actually just saying to a couple people this week is like, Why? just tell me what you're trying to say. Like, why do you got to say all these words that make you, I don't understand. I'm not smart enough to understand you. Just tell me what you're saying. But people need to like really justify existence right now.
1: I'm not kidding.
2: They have to justify. Let's
1: let's, let's talk quickly, just quickly more about this recession before we go down this other road here. So um, as defined, Zen two consecutive quarters of a uh, negative growth in the, in the GDP, in a country's GDP. Canada now is doing fantastic. Yeah, Our right. GDP is growing. And money that's I'm, not I'm, doing I'm, well, I'm, I'm, well I'm right stuck.
0: now. I'm, I'm going to actually question that GDP growth. So okay. much of it is backed by real estate, including residential investment. If we tank, it's going to be really bad. And then when we're measuring this on an inflation level, they are just putting used cars data into this. So I don't yeah, know where worse. it's going to go, right? Worse. Up. But, Bad. but it's, it's one of those things where like, you, you know, when we had a price increase and they were like, oh, look, it's only one or 2%. People don't realize growth is an acceleration. It's the second derivative, right? So it's acceleration. So even if it's like 1% inflation or 2% inflation, we're not going backwards where, you know, a carton of eggs is becoming less than $5 anymore, right? So it's just 1% from $5. It's not like it's gonna go backwards. So when we measure year over year inflation, it's gonna look great because we peaked probably already at the end of Q2 because it started escalating last year. So then they're gonna be like, look, inflation looks like we fixed it with higher interest rates. And that's kind of what I question. I'm like, is the GDP really going to be that good? Or is it just, well, let's look, just look, well, who do you know that's not what, doing well right now? Exactly. Other than realtors, like what everybody. business right now?
1: Like for, for me to say we're in a recession, like for me to say we're heading into a recession, the signs are there. Okay, I I'll, I'll give you an example. How are the restaurant businesses doing? Booming. How are they doing?
0: Great for now? Great for now. I think they're trying I, to, I
1: just, I went food. to a restaurant client's house that I was helping them with a condo and I went to their house. They're putting in a pool. What, the owner's not working at the restaurant anymore. She gets to stay home while the staff takes care of everything. And Uh-oh. they were shut down for a long time. They were shut down. Like they were part of the group, right? That they were shut down. And they said, cust- I, when I asked them about the business, they said, customers have been very supportive, right? Which means that they're all coming back in droves. And they willing benefited to pay from the, the government program. In order for this recession to happen, there has to be some sort of, Tightening like people have to say, Oh my gosh, I don't want to spend anymore. I don't want to take my money out of my pocket oh. and go put it into the pockets of other businesses. We're not seeing that. No, seeing, but what we're, we're seeing, seeing is proposals not- for office towers downtown, left, right, and left, right, and center for new business, uh, business, yeah, but, space. But, but if uh, inflation
0: no, no. comes in, and let's just say your regular person, you know, they bought, got a mortgage recently, they're on uh, variable, they're going to lose a few hundred bucks a month, right? And that may hurt them, but at the same time, like. I know the finances of my clients very well. There's some like really high earners out there where like inflation doesn't like, you know, affect them at all, right? It's the people who spend a lot of money on uh, food and gas, like a proportion of their income. I think they get affected, but it's the, kind of that wealth gap that happened during the pandemic, right? It's the people with assets have seen like a giant windfall in terms of their net worth. And the people who don't have assets are basically being turned into low income earners at this point because they don't have it.
1: Yes. I mean, savings rates are still up. Again, I'm, I'm trying to use as much real life evidence because you're right. Those, the data points are all highly unreliable. But people with um, those type of situations, gas costs, and everything. I was talking to somebody last night too. You know, working from home has given people a huge amount of uh, expendable cash at the end of the month. Like they can afford the 30 or 40 percent increase in gas because they're not driving as much or maybe one partner is and the other partner isn't. Right. Yeah, but you have to Food think about costs. how many
0: people are working from home. Yeah, right. it's like, I, I, th- yeah, it's a small it's, segment. Yeah, it's a small segment. I think the it's real major.
2: looming problem, the real looming problem right now, because people are spending money, people have money, there's enough jobs out there for anybody that wants one. It's when 25% of that GDP slows down, yeah. right? It's when this whole goddamn market slows down, which we're seeing. There's no doubt about it. Like we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. As this big gigantic segment of the GDP starts to slow down, it starts to bring other segments that are not considered part of it down that are a derivative of it, right? So all these things that feed off the real estate market that are included in the rest of GDP start to slow as this gigantic boulder starts having a million people putting stops and 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 things in front of it to slow it down. And that's when we're gonna see the recession here. Right now, I, I agree. Yeah. Like every business owner, I think, I mean, furniture market seems to be doing good. Uh, Fancy garages, windows, like everybody I know um, in retail or in, 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 in restaurants or in construction, cannot find enough people to keep up. And if anything, they're losing margin because they're hiring people at a higher rate, which is a whole other story that, that we can get into. But, How do you see a recession when the market, like when everything else is booming? It's by destroying that gigantic segment that we all rely
0: on. Always, it's going to be the reverse wealth effect that's going to happen, right? Like everyone feels rich when they think their house has gone up in value, right? But in reality, it's just paper gains. But the psychology of paper gains makes you go spend more money, right? That's why there's a record amount of refinances and HELOC. That's why interest rate plays a big role in all of this. But if you start seeing a neighbor's house sell for less, and then while your interest rates have gone up, your servicing has gone up, you tighten it a little bit. You're like, well, maybe I don't need that extra two meals out there in downtown Toronto with bottles of wine, right? Then that stuff starts slowing down and that it's like Dalio's thing, right? Like someone's income, another person's income is another person's spending, right? So when the kind of cycle stops, then what happens is now we're going to slowly come to a grinding halt. Then that's when I think it's going to take some time, right? But the policymakers will be like, oh crap, you know, we're coming into a recession. That's when they have to drop rates. And I actually think they're smarter than most people would give them credit for. Like I actually think they know this is coming, this everything bubble, and they're just like, well, I just got to jack up the rate so I can drop it back down when this everything bubble blows. Actually, I think I that's think the timing
1: on the rate increases is is appropriate.
0: Yeah, like they got a like pandemic made from like you know one point seven five percent down to quarter point, right? I think they're going to try to bring it back to two or three so that when the next thing blows, it's going to come down. Like because we're in so much debt, like the amount of debt to GDP worldwide is like ridiculous. So they need the cycles of boom and bust just keep getting shorter and shorter and shorter. I think that's what's happening.
1: So that's a great three months this time. That's a (laughs) the bus is going to be three months and things are going to be back back into the uh, full swing of it. Well, Um,
2: so early data shows GTA house housing prices on rapid decline in April. Rapid decline. From what though? Rapid decline from what? Well, you know what? I don't think it even matters. It, 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 it's January it,
1: and February where the prices didn't make any sense.
2: But I mean, it's the fact that it's it's considered a rapid decline and it probably is. I mean, look, uh, we showed earlier a 13% decline in, in what was it? townhouses or something like that. Uh, 13% in townhomes between February and April. Which is a significant decline but i think it's more the speed in which things will decline and then improve again so for example back in 2009 the market completely paused right and i've said it a bunch of times on the show for those of us that had to sell during that time period it was carnage right oh yeah but for everybody else who was like i don't even care to sell. I'm not, I don't even think about real estate every day. Like They didn't know anything happened because nine, 10 months later, the prices were back and even, even passed. So I think to speak to your point, like this is what the market, market's more liquid. There's tons of people with cash on the sidelines. There's a billion pissed off people sitting on the sideline that couldn't buy during the frenzy of the last year, year and a half. So, so how
0: long lived will the correction be? Do you guys wanna know here's something actually kinda of interesting from my side? Because yeah. I work with a lot of investors, right? There's a lot more people calling me right now. They're like, Zen is a time to pull the trigger. I'm like, not yet. Not right? yeah. Are you
1: gonna buy or sell?
0: To buy. Investor. Invest Investor. Money, right? So I'm telling them like not yet. And here's kind of my philosophy. How do you know when yet is? Exactly. And this is what I say, I don't know yet, but when But you not get now low, for sure. Like when my spider senses tingle. <laughs> I'll let people know. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> like one of my kind of thinking right now because I don't do that much kind of like residential buy up and sell right like I would say 80% of my clients are investor based um and the other what half percent 80 yeah like 80 so like 20% of my clients are like we just want to work either buy the primary right which is fine but what I'm seeing is the detached segment unless you have to sell it's not really coming down too much right but it's the town and the semis and my thought process is this, if you, as a person in say last four months owned a semi and detached, you're like, Whoa, I bought this for, you know, 600,000. It's not worth 1.2. I can easily buy the detached over there. I'll buy it and then I'll sell my town. And then because everyone's like, Oh, you got to buy first. Cause in this market, you know, it's harder to buy than to sell. And when the market turns so quickly, you got the guys in the middle with the semis and the uh, towns, they bought something for like, call it two mil. And now they think their town was worth one, three, and now the market has turned. They're underappraising 100 and then their town is selling less than 100. So now they're out of water 200 grand. And those are the guys who have to sell. So you're going to take a major, major haircut because you understand the litigation and like people could sue you for damages after your deposit. Then they're like, oh crap, I got to take this crappy deal. That's why I think the towns and the semis are coming down much faster than the detaches. Because if you're in the detach, you're kind of in the final house already, right? Why would you need to sell this? You have to.
2: Well, so I'll tell you a funny story you want to hear. I, I should have started off the show with this. My father-in-law is in the situation right now. Okay? Oh, that sucks, man. He bought he he bought a condo 5 I want to say 6 months ago, 5 months ago. And then he sold his house top of market, but he gave them a long closing. It still hasn't closed. And so what happens? Um We, uh, we'd like to renegotiate our contract. We're not so interested in buying the house anymore. They're firm. They've been firm for like two months. Right. And so what's happening now? Well, my father-in-law has a bridge loan between the condo and the house. Right. He bought a lot of inventory lately in the furniture business. So he's cash broke in the business He didn't get enough of a bridge that he needed initially, and now they're talking about backing out of the deal. So look, he's not a a broke individual by any means, but at the moment, he's in a cash crunch. So even if you're not broke and you need to sell, like you can run into these situations as a business owner and a real estate owner that you couldn't even have foreseen ever in your lifetime, right? So now it's like, they want him to fix this and they want him to do this and they want him to drop the price and they want this and they want that. And he's like, you know, he could let them walk and rent the damn place, but he doesn't get like all that money he needs out of the out of the one place. Yeah. What a horrible situation to be in. And look, he's older. He'll navigate through this. No problem. What about those younger kids or younger people in their 20s that think they hit the jackpot on their townhouse in the last couple of years that you're talking about? They're fucked. Or their parents are fucked because now the parents have to come up with another, probably another 200 grand on top of the help <laughs> they were giving already and a bigger cosign, right?
0: Yeah, and, and I warned a lot of people about this when I was working on You just got to watch out because I saw this stuff happen in 2017, especially like um, a lot of people come to me. Because like, you know, when you have like a little bit of presence. People want some confirmation bias from you that they made a right decision, right? It's never like, hey, Zen, we want to use you for your services. But like, hey, I bought this was a good idea. And I I try to be nice. I'm like, I don't think it was a good idea to buy any of this stuff. Because if you don't kind of analyze your own situation and you don't mitigate your risk, it's going to suck, especially if you're kind of like all in on one thing. Right. So where every dollar is going to affect you and you don't have ability to cap the downside and you can't ride this out for a long time, you're screwed. And there's a lot of these stories that I think are going to come out, like that happened in 2017. And then it's gonna be like a pity story. Like Do you remember Matime when they're selling the Whitby homes and everyone banded together saying that they're like, Oh, we can't afford all of this anymore. We're all the price
2: dropped on the next phase. Yeah. 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 Yeah, The next phase came out cheaper, and everybody that bought previous went bananas.
1: And Madame and 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 Madame said, Yeah, closing uh, date.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I'll gladly resell your unit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't get the price, they sue you for the damages, right? So like we're going to see a lot more of these stories, especially anyone who wanted to, um, bought a pre-con detached or like a single family home, like that stuff builds fast, right? You are going to underappraise if it closes this year. And if you can't sell your home mm. for what you thought it was worth in like February, like, I saw so much of that in the York region. We'll but are the summer.
2: builders even going to build your house? Like, maybe collectively together the builder will hold off and the homeowner will be like, no problem. They'll, I they'll have their close. financing
1: in place. They'll build it. Yeah, they'll they'll build here it. it's ready. We I don't know. Listen, it close. moves so fast.
2: Prices, like, lumber shot up like 150% in three days. Like, all of a sudden it can be not viable because concrete prices all of a sudden destroy the entire project true. Yeah, sure. so hearing- I know for a fact, just from my other business, that people are holding off on, on launches right now.
0: Oh, I a hundred percent will if I was a builder too, because like there's sure. too much unknowns, right? Like you don't the market's soft, people aren't buying things. Your you know, cost and materials and labor is like a big question mark. You got mm-hmm. that strike that's looming next week, right? It's gonna be disgusting.
2: Yeah, you got the strike looming and you got development charges just. You just Uh, took it in the... Isn't that crazy, that
1: proposal? Isn't it?
2: That's unreal. Forget proposal. It's going through. I'm I'm not surprised. I'm I'm not surprised. It happens every year
0: they raise them. This was a big one,
2: though. Yeah, this one's 11%.
0: No, it was 49, wasn't it? Maybe.
1: Yeah, I think it was 49. I have 11 in my head. I don't know why. It's a big jump. It's a big jump. jump. Even 11 is crazy. Detach are going from like 85 to 140 or something like that. That's a big jump. Well, I'm not Santa.
0: surprised because, like, I, I saw this in 2018. Like, we used to do a lot of pre-cons because the number makes sense. But then, like, overnight, I remember one project going from like a thousand dollars a foot in entertainment district to 20, uh, $1,200 because they jacked the development charges by 38. And I just feel yeah. bad for all the people who don't have capped development charges. I'm like, oh boy, you guys are. I don't. Boring. Yeah.
2: I don't even remember this cap development charge baloney being in the contracts a few years ago. Like there was no talk about that, and all of a sudden it's like we're going to do you a favor. We're going to cap them at this. It's all recovery you had to for ask them. For it. They would yeah. they paid for it before. I, this is like in the last I don't know five six seven years. All of a sudden they're being nice guys as the price as the parking goes from like ten grand to twenty five grand. We'll cap your your development charges that you have to pay on closing. What does this even mean? Nobody even knows what it means. Half the people.
0: But you know what? Like a lot of people poo-poo on the builders, right? But I look, I've seen the performers from some of my friends and clients, and I'm just like, the margins are not that great. No, and if that's the one you're seeing for a builder.
2: But if that's the one that you're seeing, it's not the internal one. Imagine what the real performer looks like.
0: It's really bad. Like, I feel bad for some of these builders, and I understand why like they wouldn't want to build. Like unless you've held a piece of land in Toronto for like a decade, like the cost of acquisition and the build is just ridiculous. You can't you don't like, get financing you, like yeah. that's
1: a, that really what it boils down to is can we get the lenders to back this project and the lenders are looking for a certain profit margin, right? Yeah who was exactly. the guest that we had on Daryl that was telling us about the built-in profit margin? Anyways, it doesn't matter who it was, was like seven it was 50%. about a, it was about a thirty percent profit margin for the lenders to actually even sign 20. off on it. Yeah, 20. Right? Because they know it could drop down to 10 real quick, right? If yes. the market changes, right? Now, let, let's just talk about cuz this is a hot topic. We're getting, you know, the commenters, you know, in their uh, basement uh, of their of their parents' house telling <laughs> us that the market's going down. I'm in the Toronto Housing Bubble Facebook group or something <laughs> like that. I joined it about a month ago because I wanted to see and at the time there was one post a day and now there's 30 from all the geniuses. So I need to know, what does it look like then when a market, because right now we're in a correction, absolutely, but a crash, what has to happen for a crash? What does that look like in Canada?
0: Variable rates and fixed rates go past 4%. And then we break the uh, stress tests and we make the stress test way higher. So no one can even afford what they afforded like six months ago. Okay. What is so, so hold on, slowly. but what's a
2: crash? Forget about that. Well, how, well, how why wouldn't people just hold on crash?
0: to their houses then? If no, no, if, no but but here, here's what I think is going to happen like if rates get up that high, right? And like the five year uh fix is already there, right? Like you're um, being stress tested higher at than the posted rate of five and a quarter. So when variable gets there, then no one's going to be able to afford the whole five times your gross income anymore, it's gonna be like four and a half or something, right? Then people can buy. Yeah, you know, there's banks that circumvented, whatever, it right? But like three times
2: how, when I no, when I was younger, it was three times. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, no that's your five, gross income.
0: No, it, it was eight before the stress test. But but like once that kind of gets there and people freeze, it's gonna kind of cause a crash, which is like prices drop more than 20%. But more I think than that 20. May be a, okay. Yeah. I think that's gonna be where the trigger is for you know the policymakers to come in and be like, oh, oh it's time to drop the rates you think that they're the going to be again, once
1: they see the, the markets not doing as well. Yeah. So we're giving them credit
2: to be, to, to actually be, have enough foresight to know what's coming next. And then we're going to say that they were late doing what they were supposed well, to
0: do. I'm giving them credit. that I think they know what they're doing. Are they going to act fast enough after yeah. they see the crash? Probably not. No, so like, I think, think if be we put
2: today. 40% more of the money supply into the markets, the, it will cause a problem or anything at all.
1: This, but this is common. I've heard this. A lot of people are saying this, that rates a are going up right now and they're going to come right back down, not maybe to zero again, but you know, close to 1% or something like that, a reasonable amount in order to stimulate uh, the economy when, when things change. Let's just talk quickly about the, the, what, my comment here. So the Toronto Housing Bubble Facebook group, right? Mm. Everybody's cheering for the doom and gloom. What happens when the market does that? So first of all, yes, Zen, you're right. Interest rates would have to be getting to a point that people can no longer afford the homes at the prices that we've seen in the past few years. But it also means that sellers are forced to sell because there'll be some death and divorce and people leaving the country and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, people will hang on to their properties if they aren't going to get a significantly decent number close to where they are today. So that means you're talking about mass uh, bankruptcies people have to sell, right? Because there's only so many people who are dying and divorcing and all that stuff. So mass bankruptcies. You're talking about power sales, right? You're talking about like, you know, businesses shutting down. You're talking about mass unemployment. You're talking about a very like difficult time like we had in 2008 in the states in order for the market in Canada to drop. For it to drop 50%, that means it would need to double again in order to get back to where it is today.
0: That's not think, happening. There's
1: no think. there's no well, chance there as or that's happening though. That shows that we're in it we're in a bad enough position for that to happen in Canada at all.
0: I don't think it's going to get that bad, right? Like this is what I always try to explain to people. There's fundamentals that you got to look at in Toronto, but then there's the micro and the macro. The micro are policy changes, interest rates, and like, you know, government stuff that comes in with like banning foreign buyers, right? That stuff is all short-term right but the long-term horizon is we have a ridiculous amount of immigration people actually want to move to toronto right and people want to live here not in toronto, let's just say canada everyone always thinks that like we're like you know the shit in toronto but in reality when you look kind of at all the things that's happening outside of toronto like if you go back to china where i'm from like toronto like even canada it just looks like a god's like like heaven right it just looks like heaven to them so it's not that um we locally here um, think that things are going to crash. It's no matter how much of a crash there is, if they keep letting immigration in at this record breaking pace, there's always going to be someone left getting the next place. And people are saying, oh, all these immigrants are coming. They don't want to be here. They can't afford all these things. But the immigrants I see that are coming here, they're coming in in bags of cash, right? Like I'm not even talking Louis money at am Bags oh, yeah.
1: of cash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. But like ah. they're coming in with Money to buy these things, right? So it's. Not that, um, the, uh, like the short-term things are going to cause like, um, like volatility, you should have to expect that, but the long-term in like five, 10 year, when you have good job prospects, immigration, and you really don't have that much land realistic in Toronto, because of the green belt and the lake, it is kind of like a safe haven for real estate prices, right? If you can ride up the short-term volatility, you're fine. Right? Like we had a house in 2017 in York region, right? you know, it came down a ton of money. Right. And they were like, okay, whatever. We don't care the tenants are paying for it. And then now I look back and like, I bought it. I'm like, oh, what did I regret buying it? No, because I look like a genius for holding it from 2017 to 2018. But at the time when I bought it, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my shirt. Right. And that's what I try to explain to people. Like, just don't focus so much with real estate, like short-term, like you're trying to flip stocks or something. Like you really need to have a long-term horizon, like five, 10 year plus. And if you don't plan for the five, 10 year plus, and you only have the short-term, yeah, you're going to get burned. That's it. So, it, it, it comes so,
2: so with everything that the three of us see, and we're not alone, and everything that we've discussed so far today why is the market slowing down? Like, it, 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 I have a theory. Slowing
1: down from what?
2: No, but it's, listen, there's not anybody talking about it not slowing down. There's people well, that are a strong hanging sellers' on.
1: market right now. Yeah, but you can still sell your home. It's a good there's market. No, it
2: just, there's no doubt about that. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But the overall feeling in the market right now is that it's slowing and that there's something happening and we're heading downwards, right? There is nobody out there anymore that with 100% certainty is like this thing is still going up man, <laughs>
1: right? So I've so, seen so, record prices this week by the way in some properties, especially yeah. in Toronto, not in the 905. Yeah. But,
2: no, but we've also seen reports that show Durham is down 50% and Whitby is down 69% and Bancroft is down 93% and right? Like we we've also seen are made these. up stats, but yes. So 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 is the media and 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 and, and uh, social media being used by the government and the Bank of Canada because we obviously see sentiment trumps all, right? Sentiment is the only thing that has shifted this
0: market. So sentiment our, trumps all in short term. Short, short term, one hundred percent.
2: Yeah, you can only hold down like a, 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 a ball in water for so long, right? Mm. But. Is the media being used as a tool against all of us to freak us out because this this uh, confusion is softening the market right now?
1: Because it's not the one and a half. Used by who though? Like, I think the media is using the media is using the news and the sentiment and the Mm. fear to get their articles clicked on a little bit more than they normally would. That's yeah, exactly.
0: I I agree with TK. It's. You don't I, don't, I wouldn't go so far into wearing a tin hat for conspiracy theories. It's more, what is good for that person who's writing it, right? Here's Which is if the, if the media, <laughs> like negative news sells, I can tell you, like some we of the best it. content, no, no, look, here, look at our thumbnails, See, there look there the at to crash. Exactly. we like know all the, about that. My best YouTube videos are always negative, but the most useful tips for investors are always positive, but the most amount of views go to the negative. And then you always have all the trolls. It's great for algorithm. Fantastic. Right. But it's the positive stuff that doesn't sell. Right. I remember I had a mentor once who told me like, you know, CNN always has bad news. They're going to put a GNN, the good news network. Right. That's not going to work. It'll be as good as CNN plus. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So like if you understand like these media people, right, like websites, coverage, they make money on better dwelling. (laughs) <laughs> right like they make they make money Not on bad. ads he, and inter-
1: he blocked me F-
0: who's F- better dwelling?
1: better better dwelling guys all they want to do is just like non-stop negative news they've been they've been bears in every market since their creation so they take including uh, they, the markets where things were going crazy
2: you can take any stat and make an article that goes whichever way you want it to go right so 100%. now it's like the market's 30 percent down And then you read that it's like the sales are down 30%. That's a giant difference. When I'm reading an article and I read the market's down 30%, I don't think sales, uh, like the amount of sales, I'm thinking, oh shit, the prices are
0: crashing, right? Yeah, that's deliberate. That's obviously deliberate, right? That's why when I say it, I'm I'm, I'm very purposeful in the way I put things out there. But But we're all doing (laughs) it.
2: Well, maybe not you,
0: but everybody. No, no, my, 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 my thumbnails are totally doing it. I'm guilty of it too. Right. (laughs) Right. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. We know, we know, but, but it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't actually have critical thinking, right. Then you are basically call it lack of a better term, a plebe who under, who just follows headlines. Right. And, Anyone who does that and doesn't have critical thinking, they're like the last ones to jump in. They're the ones to, you know, hold the bag, right? That's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the smart people um, are right now just keep asking me, like, is it time to buy something, right? Because if your long-term horizon is to hold the property for 10 plus years and you can buy something that breaks even from rental, right? Like cash flow positive, then who cares exactly. if it's $10 exactly. or $10 million? Yeah. I These guys...
2: They're sitting there with bags of cash just waiting for someone to tell them it's not stupid right now. Right?
0: They're just, if you would tell these guys go for it, would they do it? Yeah, some of them would. Like, I had a handful of clients, I think in June during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I think I'm starting to see a rebound. Right. I'm like, I think it's time to jump in now. Right. And yeah. I put it out there for maybe like 10, 15 clients or so. Two of them took me up my offer. They bought it. And like, one of them bought, a legal annex duplex for $1.3 million at the time. Yeah, Yeah, right. Think about what that's worth right now. That we went to reaffirmative, right? right? 2 million. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, he's laughing right now and he's like, ha 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 ha, right? But who has the courage to buy when the sentiment is going against the grain, right? And that's kind of why- Warren
1: Buffett.
0: Yeah. Everyone everyone, everyone quotes him, but no one does it, right? No one does it. I, I'm always try to be quant- contrarian, and like I'm lucky, my wife kind of is a contrarian to me, and she's like, "I think your idea is stupid," right? Because she looks at the risk. But you Same need you need someone to like, my wife think says about to
2: it. us seems pretty normal. Yeah, yeah.
0: jeez, that we're stupid.
2: <laughs> with that ideas coupled with our wives being contrarian to us and our opinions <laughs> all day.
0: Yeah, so like you have to think about <laughs> what's on the other side and what your exit options are, right? So like for me, it's always been for my clients or even myself, if you're holding the thing, it pays for itself. Who cares? Why is right? there like an exit?
1: In inf- inflation is the the main thing too. So we're, we're coming to the end here. We've got about five minutes. We want to get some sort of forecast and all that kind of stuff. As long as inflation is high, really it doesn't say the price of real estate is going up. It says that the value of the dollar is going down. Now so it means that- no matter what everybody thinks, you know, prices are correcting, prices are changing, all that kind of stuff. You cannot buy tomorrow's properties with yesterday's dollars. It's You got to look at what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a dollar today that's worth less than ever before. So it means even Damn. if it doesn't seem like you're getting as much of a, a cash flow situation for investors or, you know, value for your dollar based on your wages and, and your income and, and to the property that you're buying, it's not going to go back to twenty. 19, 18, whatever, whatever date you want to come up with in your head, it's not going to go back to that because you've got to use today's dollars to buy that property and they're not and worth the, as much anymore.
0: And there's more buyers than ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. the immigration problem, right? And also people chasing yield. When people, no one talked about inflation years ago, right? It was like 2%, but now all of a sudden everyone's talking about inflation and the more people come Fictionary. to me about inflation as an inflation hedge to look at real estate. I'm like, well, it's going into public sentiment right now that the value is worth nothing. Like we always knew that, right? Like 2% inflation was not a real thing. Let's be real, right? They were still doing a lot of quantitative easing prior to uh, pre-pandemic. It's just a pandemic. Neither is (laughs)
1: 6.7. It's all about wage increases, pension, all that kind of stuff. They have to keep it, you know, in line. Otherwise they have to justify rent increases, right? The prescribed amount from landlord tenant board, right? All that stuff, right? So
2: so one other interesting thing that I think might speak to you because you're obviously much younger than I am. The the millennial generation has just surpassed the boomers in size in this country. And that has to have an effect on the market, doesn't it? You also mentioned Bitcoin, which I'd love for you to touch on for a couple seconds. Millennials in Bitcoin and real estate moving forward.
0: Go! I think the millennials understand that cash is not something good to do. Because like, millennials, I think, are the smartest, most educated out there. I'm not saying this because I am a millennial. I'm just saying I just general consensus. You're all cyborgs from birth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We grew up with iPads, right? (laughs) And uh, some of them don't remember the 56k days, but yeah. Um, So like when you have people who don't understand, sorry, uh, people who understand that inflation is bad where to put your money and there's a lot more people going to cryptocurrency but at the same time these people are also needing a home to buy you're going to have a huge rush of people trying to buy stuff with different asset classes and different allocations right so i think in the next maybe 5 10 years when kind of like the boomers are you know going and the millennials are buying there's going to be a giant wealth transfer and where that wealth gets transferred to is probably going to be outside of bonds it's going to be Either to hard assets like real estate, or it's going to go into digital currencies. I think that's where it's going to go.
1: Mm. So, it's so possible. Absolutely. Into Gerald digital and I are currencies not be now. Buying much with our digital currency, not, not with ours. Well, well I, we, I, I, we'll, I we'll sold all my Shiba
2: quick. Inu. Now, now it's great.
0: <laughs> there's actually people who are letting you get a mortgage when you stake your Bitcoin now. Yeah, we had yeah, somebody we had on, on the show a yeah. few months ago. It was great. Oh, I yeah. yeah, so like I, I think it's ha- I think it's happening faster than you want, and that technology should disrupt the industry. But the oh, problem yeah. is like we got way too many gatekeepers, like you know, especially ones who govern our board. They're going to prevent us as much as possible, right? Like the analogy is like how much how they're trying to trap sold data for like ten years, right? Yeah. So there's going to be like bureaucracy that's going to slow down all this innovation. But at some point innovation because it makes more sense for people like if you okay. can buy something by clicking a button like our profession is going to be out of business right which is fine it's going to happen at some point right you just got to accept it's it. going to happen soon
1: yeah it's going to happen Tell
0: yeah it's going to happen
2: soon. People, people, people
1: working on the worked. software to do it <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> but like hey. there's going to be people who are trying to
0: like protect their bag right like and not allow for this to happen it's always kind of like, you know, people would say realtors are always pumping up the market because, you know, if the market's not pumped up, they make no money. And there's like a bit of truth to that, right? Like people, there's a lot of realtors out there who have never seen a slowdown market. So there's going to be a lot of pushback in terms of where things are going to be. But I think innovation and technology should ultimately make things easier and it should be deflationary, but really it's not right now because of policymakers.
2: Yeah. So maybe what we'll see or what we've already started to see is this group of people that have no hope of buying a house right now who put their money into other assets like Bitcoin or Ethereum, who have made a lot of money over there, are going to start transferring it back into the real estate market as there's easier ways for them to do that, where they don't lose so much money going back and forth with the currency.
0: Oh, yeah. I think you're on to something. I think you're on to something. Well, you know, back in 2017, 2018, when I think China clamped down on the money that could come in. Right. It was like, yeah, good job, guys. (laughs) No more money came in since then. I knew some people that were moving stuff like they would buy Bitcoin and sell at a loss for Canadian dollars.
2: Right. Oh, yeah. People could do that a while ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. It's just money will go. It's like water. Like, you can put all the rocks up in front of it. It's still going to end up at the lake, right? Finds it's just gonna yeah, it's going way. to
2: flow. Finds a way. Well, that was a great conversation. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Yeah,
1: Zen. We definitely want to have awesome. you back on in the future if, if you dear. agree, and that's okay with you. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I know that it, our viewers and listeners are going to be really happy to hear this podcast. A lot of really good content. A lot of uh you know points that are all you know relevant these are the hot topics of conversation they're a little controversial but at the end of the day you know nobody knows exactly what's going to happen right and everyone's got their theories everyone wants to be right but critical thinking i think this is this is going to be the 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 topic au jour with with our podcast today is critical thinking if you're going to make a decision if you're going to buy if you're going to sell know the facts, you know, watch Zen's channel. Like he's got so much information on there. You can really get educated. Think about so, hair. You know, you're not just trusting your realtor to make, or your neighbor t- to make the decisions for you. You know, you're getting actual advice. You're actually learning stuff and uh, prime properties to, uh, the website. Um, he's got a brokerage, uh, your brokerage is your Remax brokerage. Yeah. Um, uh, there.
0: I hate watching myself on that. It's so cringeworthy when you watch your old <laughs> stuff or like, Here, we'll just let's it. keep
1: it on for another yeah. few minutes then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely your YouTube channel, prime properties to It's awesome. And awesome. If, you know, if people haven't, if our subscribers haven't subscribed to you uh, go ahead and do that right now. And of course, if someone hasn't hit the bell on our channel, hit that bell right now, because we appreciate everybody and throw those comments up. We love the comments, good or bad. You know, it's all yeah. good for the algorithm, throw them up. <laughs> Can can, can I leave
0: just one last note for everybody? Yes, of course. In in the world we're in right now, you have to put your ego aside. And if you're wrong, you can be wrong. And the problem with all of this is when you have new data that comes in, you have to be able to change your input. You Mm -hmm. can't just keep sticking to something, right? So like you have all these economists saying a bear crash, 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 crash. Like a broken clock is right twice a day. Right. So you have to actually like take new input and apply it to kind of your theory. And then your output changes. Like who knew, you know, there was going to be a war in Ukraine. Like no one saw that coming. Or kind of like if anyone saw it's like, oh, prices are going to go up in real estate when the pandemic hit no that's a lie no one knew that right so you need to take current input and apply critical thinking so that you can get to where you go instead of just you know reading headlines that's kind yeah. of what I really like. that
2: that's how this show was really born originally is like we nobody had a fucking clue what was going on at the start of the pandemic we didn't know all we're doing is talking to people trying to figure out and we had not much else to do because nothing was <laughs> happening so we started this thing what a wonderful conversation. Tons of insight. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. It was great meeting you. Mr. Yeah, likewise, thanks. Always Absolutely. a pleasure, yeah. sir. We'll,
1: yeah, thanks we'll for get you so back guys. on soon. Thanks, Sam. Absolutely. Enjoy, Enjoy your Sunday. so much.
2: Take care, guys. See ya. Ad- adios.
1: It's a timeless story, a story of graciousness and grandeur. Come walk in the footsteps of the Vanderbilt family and experience all that Biltmore has to offer. Plan your stay at Biltmore.com.